Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 108. Everything is winding down now as we move towards the end of the year. We will have one more podcast episode, which will be next week, and then we'll take a short break over the holiday period and be back for the first week in January. Whether you're rugging up for winter or putting on your swimsuit and heading to the beach, as my family and I will be doing, I hope it's a relaxing time of year for you. Today's guest is someone who has lived on both sides of the globe, Sarah Lucas originally comes from Perth in Western Australia, and Perth is a place that's very hot and very dry at this time of year, but life led Sarah on a grand adventure and she moved all the way to Ireland and settled there to raise her family in the Irish countryside. In our conversation, we spoke about this big move, the diversity of wildlife in Sarah's local environment, how she makes nature journaling simple and doable, and her new online community, where she fosters connection and sharing among like-minded nature lovers. Let's listen. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to chat to you. Thank you so much, Beth, and I'm really honoured that you've invited me on here today. Thank you. Beautiful. I can't wait to hear more about your story. So you are an Australian girl living in Ireland and you grew up in Western Australia. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So I grew up in the Perth suburbs. And when I was little, growing up in the Perth suburbs for me, wasn't so much about nature because there wasn't a lot of nature around me. I had um, in my backyard, we had a huge swimming pool and just a paved entertainment area and lawn that was pretty much dead all year round because in Australia is <laughs> hot and dry and we cannot keep the grass green. Um, yes. But yeah, but what um, really I think sparked my love of nature was my parents had family friends who lived in uh, the wheat belt, like the farming community in Gamaling. Um, which is around two-hour drive east <laughs> east of um, Perth, um, and they had a huge 33,000-acre uh, um, wheat and sheep farm. And wow. when we used to go there, I was about five or six when we'd go there, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was the first time that I'd ever seen a frog when I went there. I saw a frog once, which amazed me. Um, goannas and the birds like in the suburbs because there's hardly any trees you don't get there wasn't a lot of bird life so I got to see you know lots of birds and there was one like memory I have uh, in Gamaling when I was little I woke up one morning and I looked out the window and there was this just amazing pink and orange and red sky because it was um, morning it was a sunrise and it was absolutely beautiful and I always I've always remembered that and at the time I'd never seen a sunrise like that in my life because it's so vast you know the sky the the sky just goes on forever Um, and it was a real 
it was a real moment for me as of like a five-year-old I thought oh my gosh this is beautiful and I knew then that I wanted to marry a farmer I was like I'm going to marry a farmer <laughs> when, when I grow up and I'm going to live on a farm and the country has just always been what I've what I love I'm so comfortable I love it in the country and then when we drive back into the suburbs I'd be like no I don't want to go back home I don't want to go back here um and my mum also had an um her sister so my auntie and uncle they lived in the southwest of western Australia where there are lots of um the beautiful Jarrah Jarrah and Mary and Carrie forests down there there's um uh, the quite, I think within Australia, they're probably quite famous, the forests down there, um, Margaret mm-hmm. River region. And yeah, they live down there. And in the like dusk and dawn, there'd be the kangaroos out in the paddock and oh, it was beautiful. So yeah, that sort of, those, those memories are what really sparked my love of nature. They say, it sounds like a really visceral, full body experience, emotions included, when even from such a young age, it's really beautiful that those memories of just a sunset or the birds or fro- finding your first frog, they, they've really stuck with you in that way. <laughs> they have. I love that. They have, yeah. Those memories are what made me decide, you know, I want, I want to work with in the environment. I want to work with nature. You know, that's I don't want to be someone who works in an office I want to be someone who works outside I I love the outside yeah so tell me how that evolved you studied land management is that right I did yeah yeah so when I was little you'll understand this being Australian in in Australia we say bush like bushland and we'd go for a walk in the bush it's not really Mm -hmm. forest or woodland we say we're going to the bush so when I was little, I told my dad that I wanted to be a bush ranger when I grew up. And a bush <laughs> ranger is you know, like a highwayman or someone who, you know, <laughs> Ned, Ned Kelly, Kelly style. And, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he would be like, um, really? You want to be a bush ranger? I was like, yes, I want to be a bush ranger. And then like later I found out what a bush ranger what I was actually saying but it sounded very plausible you know it it was it was correct for a kid but yeah I wanted yes I wanted to be a park ranger um um and study um ecology and you know be a park ranger and I wanted to do a park ranging course that was in um far from where I lived so I had to find accommodation and the accommodation ended up being more than what I would be earning in Oz, like Oz study, we'd get Oz study for, you know, when you're a student, you get like a government allowance, which was called Oz study at the time. Um, and my uh, payment was way less than what the rent was going to be for this place. <laughs> so I had to give, I had to give that up. Um, but I um, came home, I bought my car, I bought a car and then I studied, um, I was able to drive to my next um, college and I studied land management. And that was for around 18 months. Um, And then from there, from studying uh, land management, I did a traineeship um, through a company called Green Corps. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know if they still exist. It's like this is sort of 25, (laughs) maybe not that long, like 20, yeah, probably would be around 23, 24 years ago. Um, So it was a long time ago. And we were rehabilitating a wetland area. So we were um, 
cutting out the there was lots of arum lilies that were growing in this wetland and it was choking the ecosystem so we had to um, get in our um uh what are these waterproof like pants the pants that you know go yes, up and, like, like the fishermen it. wear mm-hmm. uh, the waders called. is it called waders the waders, waders yeah we have to get into the waders <laughs> and walk into the into the wetland and then get these like little saws and chop off all the arum lilies down underneath the water amazing um and you know we had to actually be really careful because there were snakes in there there's some dugites and there were leeches and that was the first time I'd seen leeches uh-huh. as well <laughs> and it was like smelly you know wetland areas they get all sort yes. of um smelly and it could be gross but and we built um a boardwalk so that was fun you know, using the tools and building Amazing. a boardwalk uh and through that as well we did a lot of work um down south uh in the southwest of western western australia and um we put up uh we had to rehabilitate this kind of sand dune area and we had to um, build fencing. So we put fencing in and that is incredibly hard to dig holes in beach sand, Australian beach sand, you know, like you dig a <laughs> hole and the sand just pours straight back in again. So that was um, difficult. And there was no toilet, so you'd have to walk off somewhere and go to the toilet in the, the bushes somewhere. It a was, bush wee, we call that. <laughs> Um, wow that's those are amazing experiences yeah so I I didn't end up going much further than that because I actually had my first child when I was quite young and then I was I I was a stay-at-home mum for for quite a long you know well for basically the rest of my kids you know well how old they are now I've been a stay-at-home mum but they're gone off to college now so I'm looking to going back into some environmental study like next year I'd really like to do that um and try and you know start again (laughs) go back to where you know where my passion lies that's beautiful and how did how do you find yourself living in Ireland my husband he uh has Irish heritage he's got his Irish Mm -hmm. citizenship and he wanted to move here he'd wanted to move here for a number of years and I always was quite reluctant because most of the um, pictures I'd seen of Ireland were like beautiful you know the lovely green countryside and everything but they all seemed to show photos of old women with a cart or something and I was I don't know like I was always thinking that it just seems like <laughs> an environment that doesn't seem modern <laughs> it didn't see it just it 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 seemed too old and dark and I don't know from pictures it just didn't wasn't appealing Mm -hmm. to me to actually I mean I would love to visit but I wouldn't necessarily want to live here and uh, it was 2014 my husband was saying you know we you know why don't we just go we hadn't even like been here before so he said Mm -hmm. why don't we go on a trip let's go on a trip and see what it's like so we did in 2014 we went on a 10-day trip um, it was the first time I'd ever left my children, so it was like really quite um, nerve-wracking for me to leave them behind. And we came over um, to Ireland and looked at a few. We looked at a few properties that we had seen on the internet back at home, um, 
I did, wasn't liking it. I, I didn't like it. And the roads were so narrow with these tall hedges. We couldn't see past them. And I felt really claustrophobic. And I was thinking, no, mm. no, I don't like this. And then I don't know what happened. I think we we went to a different area of Ireland and it sort of opened up and it was much prettier and nicer and I, and I quite liked it. And we looked at a house, which is the house we actually live in now. Um, we went... Uh, at the time we you know didn't really have any interest we just looked at this house and had a quick you know look around and then we went back to uh, the bed and breakfast we were staying in and my husband said you know so like what do you think would you move here and I said I was thinking to myself I thought well I've never had a grand adventure I've mm-hmm. I've always lived I've always lived in the Perth suburbs I've never moved beyond that um, I and I just felt like doing something different. And I thought, you know what? Yes, <laughs> um, I do want to live amazing. here. I do want to move here. So 2000, that was 2014. And in 2015, we moved here. We sold our house and we bought, <laughs> we um, packed all the kids up. We had two dogs. We bought over two dogs. Um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Were the so, kids on board for a big adventure too? Were they happy to do the move? They were. They were, they were That's on board. So cool. They um, they were ex- very excited to, they were excited to go on an aeroplane. I think for them it was just going to be a holiday, you know. They weren't expecting <laughs> that they wouldn't be going back. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, oh, you know, let's go on an aeroplane and let's go somewhere. It was all very exciting. Wow. So you mentioned, you know, um, narrow streets and tall hedges. What else do you see? What's nature look like when you step outside? I live, we live on a, um, a, I think it's like a 1.2 acre property and looking outside, we've got this gigantic view that just goes for miles and miles and miles, you know, like <laughs> places, I can see places that take us at least an hour to drive, th- drive to like from, wow. from our you know, front door. Um, and then we've got, uh, there's a couple, I live in like a dairy farm land so all around us there's Mm -hmm. farmland there's um we see you know the black and white cows and we live on you know top of a a tall hill uh so it's about a three point around a three kilometer drive up from the bottom base of the hill up to the top to where we live and there's uh, a couple of different um woodland areas that are within like a five minute drive from where we we live and there's um one called the towers um, that I love to go to is um, got this beautiful, it's kind of, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an ancient woodland, but it's an old, It's it's been around since like um, around uh, at least uh, so like the 1700s. It's, it's an old, old in that respect because um, mm-hmm. it was, it's called the Towers because there are these two um, gatehouse buildings that were built there in sort of the 1700s by this rich man but um it didn't go any further than that and I think maybe some of the trees a lot of the trees seem quite old but I think some of them would have been planted for their kind of pleasure I guess but it's Mm -hmm. it's a um it's a beautiful beautiful walk and uh I love going through for walks around that and it's sort of uh attached I guess to um, a heritage town that we live close by um, called Lismore and in Lismore there's um, a castle there's the Lismore castle and 
there's a walk there called Lady Louise's Walk and that goes through um, like fields, uh, uh, sort of I suppose um, yeah, farm fields and there's um, a river near like right next to it and fishermen can go in these like little fishing huts and fish and uh, I've got, um, yeah, we have a, a river um, in our village. There's a river that runs by and at the moment we've had a lot of rain so that river is flooded and going wow. um, into town, we have to sort of slow down on parts of the road because the road is currently mm-hmm. flooded. Um, yeah, so there's uh, it's a it's a beautiful environment. You know, we've got the river, we've mm-hmm. got woodland, we've got pasture, we've got a, a lot of a lot of different things. And uh, here we've had just as far as like fauna goes, we've had foxes, we've had hare. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen a hare in my life, and then my daughter pointed out one day there's a hare on the grass and I was like, are you sure? Wow. And it was, they sort of run like a cat. I know they've got re- really long, they're okay. completely different running style to a, to a rabbit. Um, we've had rabbits, pheasant, um, a vole, um, a shrew. We did have a frog. We had a frog once. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've never seen, I've never seen a live hedgehog or a live badger, which I really, really want to see. Um, yeah. seen like, oh, and an otter, like we do have otters in the river, but I've never seen an otter. So, yeah. So there's a few, there's still a few mysteries to keep your eyes out for. Yes. <laughs> so Perth is very hot and dry. It can get very hot. You must notice the seasonal changes are very different in both places. Yes. Uh, very much. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is I'm not a cold weather person and mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, um, I think there's an old like king or something from, that was from England who came to Ireland once and they, they described Ireland as being the land of winter cause it just, it was cold and rainy oh, all the time. And yeah. so, yeah, the, the environment is completely different. The, um, the landscape obviously is completely different mm. and mm. Like uh, one thing that I always I thought when I first came here were the roads. The roads are so much more narrower. Then you have these ancient rock walls and hedges on the sides mm. of the roads that you do definitely don't have in like the Perth suburbs or really anywhere like in Australia. Yeah. The roads are yeah. you know are quite wide, and so it took me a while to adjust to driving here. It was quite scary sometimes, <laughs> and a car's coming towards you, and you think they're going <laughs> to have a head-on collision or something yes but, um uh yeah the uh it was um here as well you know the climate control in the houses is a lot different because it's so there's so much moisture <laughs> here and <laughs> so you've got to make sure that you keep the moisture out whereas mm. um I don't know like where you live in Brisbane I suppose it gets very humid you probably have can like have moisture problems too but in Perth, it was yes. very dry. So we never, um, like learning different things about um, making sure that, you know, cleaning, cleaning the front of your house. I've never cleaned the front of my house before. It's <laughs> just, that was something that, you know, is different because you start getting, getting yeah. moss and mold that can grow. So you've got to like pressure wash your house. And um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different it's it's it was very very different 
One of the things you described are these these very tall hedges, and that uh, when I was in the UK, that was something that I was fascinated by the the beauty and diversity of the wildlife that just uh, are attracted to these hedgerows. Uh, yeah, um, I love I you know go for walks from my house, um, and I've got the hedges there, and I've constantly got my head turned looking looking at the hedges <laughs> because there is always something different they've they're an amazing ecosystem as you know uh, at the moment um down the end of my uh road we actually made a mistake once we called it the end of our street because I, I would be used to saying my street and it was like this isn't a street mm-hmm. this is a road and it's like okay oh. so down the <laughs> end of the road <laughs> um uh we uh we found my husband and daughter found a patch of um, fly agaric mushrooms, and they wow. grow they grow in the same place every year. So every this time, sort of every year, is mum, mum, the fly agaric. You know the mushrooms are back. The the red mushrooms with the white dots, they're back. Wow. So um, immediately go out with my camera and start taking photos of these mushrooms Amazing. because. I'd never seen them before. You know, you see um, in the storybooks and, you know, the flower fairies and this sort of books and there was um, mushrooms and there were, you know, the little red toadstools with the white dots. Yes. And to actually see it in real life, it, oh, my gosh, it gives you such a buzz. It's like yeah, it's a, it's a mushroom but it, it really does give you a buzz <laughs> when you see something for the first time. It's amazing. I love that you know where they are and you can go back to it each year. Yeah, yeah. There's um, one on our side of the, the mountain and then we've got um, there's fields across the road from our house and then there's this gigantic valley and then there's the other side of the mountain and on the other side there's, um, there's a patch as well. That's where we first saw them and then when we found the ones near, near us, it was like, oh, there's, <laughs> there's mushrooms near us too. Um, but yeah, in like uh, the springtime, you get all these beautiful flowers that come through, and you got pinks and purples and blues. Um, and then there's the um, cow parsley that comes in sort of the early or late spring, early summer. We get the cow parsley. Um, I think that's also called Queen Anne's lace, um, mm. which so it's a really delicate. Um, a very delicate white flower on the end of like um, these stems and it's, it's really pretty. It kind of looks like, you know, the flowers that you have with um, roses, that kind of thing you put in like a vase with roses. Um, that That's really beautiful. Um, and then in summertime we get the foxgloves come up. So you have all these beautiful pink foxgloves and you get the bumblebees buzzing around the foxgloves. And then they die down. And every time something dies down, a new thing will pop up. Um, so at the moment, well, at the moment, everything seems to be dying off. So um, yeah. there isn't like, uh, I haven't seen anything too uh, amazing happening at the moment in the hedges, but I need to, you know, I'm sure there is, there's always something new. So I have to have a yeah. have a better look. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful description of nature near you. It sounds absolutely delightful tell me how and when did you start keeping a nature journal that would have been um 
I think it was sort of near the end of 2019, um, I... discovered that nature journaling was even a thing I saw um I don't know if you follow her or know her on Instagram um Carrie Rogers Art she Yes. um she's based in the UK uh and she had this like little nature um journal that she was doing and I was looking at it thinking that is so beautiful like she'd um take her son to the museum and she'd come back and she'd you know draw the things that she had seen in the museum and then what they were seeing in in like outside in their, their yard um pine cones and leaves and all sorts of things and I was and from that um from her I think uh I found Alex Boone um Alex Boone art yeah so everything comes from you know something else you, you're on Instagram and someone will share share a post from someone else and you think oh that looks pretty and then you go to their page and you'll Yes. look and go oh wow that, I love what they're doing um so I didn't really know I suppose I didn't really know what nature journaling was then I just saw it as an aesthetic it was it was really pretty it was something that you know looked looked lovely and I thought you know I'd like to do that um so uh I've got um you know, I've got sort of random nature journals where I'd start and then I wouldn't go any further and I think, okay, well, I'll, I'll start again. <laughs> um, so this year really, I suppose, is the first year where I've really gone, you know, I want to, I want to do, I actually want to do this. I want to do nature journaling. So I've got, um, I, I, I'm part of um, Alex's Patreon is the daily nature journal um, Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I've got like a lot of my uh, lessons and how to nature journal have come from him. And so I have um, two nature journals. I've got like the messy one, which goes outside. And then my, my neat, like my lovely one that I, that I have in, like inside. And that's sort of <laughs> more, I guess, an aesthetic, you know, pretty aesthetic journal. So I'll... go out you know see something take a photo and then come back later and, and draw that whereas with the messy one I'll, I'll take that with me and I will go outside and look at something and go you know I'm gonna I'm gonna nature journal that and I'll sit and 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 do that and I know um like a lot of people talk about it I've heard you talk about it about the like the fear of drawing and the fear Mm. of it doesn't look pretty it's not gonna you know I'm not going to like it and it's going to get thrown away and we're going to scrap this idea because, you know, um, <laughs> because everything needs to be pretty. And, you know, it's sort of when you see people sharing things on Instagram, they do share their prettiest, they share their prettiest Yes. things. And on the Yes. face, Facebook, I know there's the Nature Journaling Facebook community and there are some people who share absolutely you know, museum quality nature illustrations and people, they get a lot of reaction, like people will all like and go, wow, wow, Yes. wow. And okay, that's a completely put me off putting my little like stick figure, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to share my picture. But that's, you know, so the sad thing is there's only say 10% of people who can draw those beautiful, lovely images and it puts the other 90% of people off. who don't want to share that picture because they're nowhere near as, you know, remarkable as, as what that person is. 
Um, yes. So, yeah, and and I was actually listening to um, uh, a – I've been watching um, Marley Pfeiffer, a lot of his um, nature journaling videos on YouTube, and I was mm-hmm. going back, I was scrolling back recently um, at some of the old videos and I saw one with you from a couple of years ago and you were saying that um, when uh, kids start to realise, you know, their drawing ability is around the age of sort of seven, seven, eight, mm. and then they sort of quit or they're like, oh, I can't do this, you know, I can't draw the car like the way I can see it in my head so I'm going to quit. And then later on when they're sort of 20 or 30, they come back to drawing and it's like, oh, I draw like a seven-year-old. And you're like, yeah, well, that's, that's because exactly you quit right. drawing when you were seven. You know, like you, yeah, you had That's a... exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's a big issue. And um, in the Nature Journal Club there was even talk um, um, and people do this, they post uh, they post their daggy ones, you know, you could say in Australian yeah. vernacular, Um they post their daggy pages on fr- Fearless Friday and there's even a hashtag Fearless oh. Friday so that you can post those so that we can encourage each other to to show what the reality is because the reality is not those perfectly curated pages. The reality is, you know, this is us out in the mud sketching and messing up and whatever else and filling our pages with random thoughts and, yeah, so Fearless Friday is a good one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like that yeah yeah so my nature journey just this year really I've really got into it and um uh yeah I've got like a messy book and in the messy book it's mainly I'll sit down outside and then I'll just write what I'm what's around me so like what I'm hearing what I'm feeling um mm. you know there's a bird twittering near me so I'll, I'll I'll say like there's you know there's a robin in the tree next to me calling it it mustn't like be very happy that I'm sitting here right now whereas in the pretty book I do I've got is generally (laughs) um just a very short sort of um I went for a walk in the in the towers today and found you know a daffodil or um a crocus or something like that that is that has popped up and so yeah it's it's very, it's more sort of just general, you know, um, the the photo and then what what it is, whereas the other mm-hmm, one is mm-hmm. more thoughts and feelings and um, and that's where I would do sort of like more the metadata stuff where I'll write down the um, the time, the weather, the temperature, that kind of thing mm-hmm. in there as well. Yeah, I really like how you structure your practice or your your nature journal pages month by month so you'll have a a dedicated nature journal page for every month and that must give a really beautiful snapshot of what you've experienced in that as the seasons are changing yes I knew that when I started I thought I'm I'm not at the moment I knew I wouldn't be able to do it every day and I thought Mm -hmm. if I just if I give myself I have two separate spreads, so like um, two spreads for, say, January, and I think that'll that'll be enough for me because I'll have, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, half the month will be one spread and then I can turn the page and then the second half of the month will be the second spread. So I'm not – it gives me the opportunity to make sure that I'm not overdoing it and I will – 
I'll be able to complete this nature journal by the end of the year. It'll be a full, you know, nature journal. And so I'll see things like in uh, um, May, I think it was May, the apple blossoms were starting on the apple trees. So I just like drew, draw the apple blossoms. And then in September, the apples are now ripe. So, you know, I'll, I'll draw, I'll paint the apples ripe. Um, so I, I try and um, I, I've been trying to make sure that I sort of go back to some of those earlier bits, like what they what they're like yeah. now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. I love that you um, make it doable because you know, as parents, as you know, just everybody's got their lives jam packed, and we have this tendency to feel like, oh. I have to nature journal this and this and this and I have to tick it off. I have to do it every day and it turns into it turns into something else. But to, to say this is the month I'm going to capture some things that attract my attention during this month, it makes it doable and then it doesn't become a chore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was um, – I wanted, I thought. Uh, I had tried last year, 2021 – I tried to do a nature journal and I got through about two pages and I just, I didn't do any more. I, I just wasn't in the right headspace last year. There was lots of things going on um, in my life and I just, I couldn't focus. And then this year I went, no, I really want to, you know, this, I, I want this to be something that is like part of my life now. I want to make sure that I, yeah. I really get into this but I didn't want to sort of go, right, let's go from zero to hero, you know, let's go from nothing to filling out a 100-page yeah. book. Um, so yeah. I wanted to you know, make sure that I was going to be, if I do it like this, then then it's. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to, to keep up and, and stick to it. I have to admit I, I do have months that I have drawn out, but I, have, I haven't, like, painted in yet. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. And then... <laughs> Um, and then I skipped ahead to October because I was so excited to start painting the mushrooms that I was seeing. That was yes, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And were you into art and painting before you came to nature journaling, or have they come at the same time? Uh, they've basically come at the same time. I yeah. I did art in in high school. I did art, but. Um, and every now and then I'd sort of draw a picture. I'd see something, I'd see um, an illustration in a book or something and I'd think, oh, I'd love to have that hanging on my wall and I'd try and emulate, <laughs> emulate a picture. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, um, it was uh, I think 20, when was it? It would have been like either um, 2019 or 2020. Um, I found Alison, Alison Lyon art. Like she's on Instagram mm -hmm. as well. She's a watercolour artist and she's got a YouTube channel and she would do tutorials every Friday. She'd do a tutorial and I started doing her tutorials and sort of learning about how to use watercolour. And I had sort of used watercolour in the past, but I had absolutely no idea until she, I heard her instructions. I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I've been doing this completely wrong. Um, <laughs> so I do, I do have kind of a better understanding now of how, you know, to apply it and, you know, light colours first and not last <laughs> and this sort of thing. Um, and, and then I joined her um, 
she has a watercolor um, membership. So I joined that and I was doing a lot of tutorials through that. And so I got a lot of um, my, I suppose, my watercolor skills from her, directly from her. Mm-hmm. And I really do thank her for that because she was, she's actually a really good teacher and she, she helped me a lot. And uh, yeah, and then it was like Carrie Rogers art. She was doing a um, uh, an art challenge, and so I thought, well, I'm going to give this a go, and I and I tried it out. And then uh, she would share, and she was like, "Oh, this is lovely." And I thought, "Oh, okay." So, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't necessarily lovely. No one's going to say this is awful, are they? They're going to say, you know, like it's 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 nice. So oh, I thought, it's great well, to get validation had, from your community. Yeah. I had like confidence. I thought, you know, I know this is nowhere near as, you know, lovely as her art, but she's, you know, she's an artist. She's been doing it for a long time. You can't yeah. expect some after, a, you know, a month of doing art, it's going to look like something that someone's been doing for, you know, a number of years. Yes. Yeah. And then just sort of getting inspiration from from other like nature journalists and that. And, and so, no, I hadn't been doing any art apart from, you know, the occasional little fun project or something I might do with my kids, but no, nothing, nothing serious. Yeah. And I've seen you committing to different art challenges. You mentioned Carrie's challenge and then also you did a hundred days challenge. Is that right? Yes, I did the hundred day challenge and I think I got to day 60 (laughs) and then, and that was, that was as far as I went. That's um, impressive. I've like, never ever completed any challenge like that. <laughs> um, I I have to admit I'm 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 terrible at completing the challenges as well. Um, because yeah. even like with your nature journaling week um challenge, I usually get like three days and then and then yeah. that's it. But um, my birthday also is like um, my birthday is the fifth of June, so it's kind of in the middle. So I, I lose the fifth, <laughs> and then I kind of, I kind of lose it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I find challenges so hard. Like I find I'm treading water the whole time in my life in all areas, and so committing to a challenge sounds like a great idea on day one and two or whatever. <laughs> and then I just can't, I can't keep up the momentum. I, I, I'm in awe of people who can do those things. It's funny, actually, because I think it was uh, day th- three, I think, um, of that challenge, I painted a bumblebee. And mm-hmm. that is still today, like my favorite painting. I, I, I look at it now and I think, I don't, I don't think I could even do that again now. I, just, I don't know, <laughs> something clicked and it all came together and it looks yeah it, it just looks lovely I well to me it looks I, I love it it's, it's yeah it looks really nice and I um I think I, I don't know I don't know how I did that because I don't know if I could do that again <laughs> sometimes the inspiration just flows out doesn't it yeah <laughs> so you have four children and I'm wondering what what it was like to raise kids as a nature lover and whether you've been able to take your love of nature and instill that in your kids. Do, do you enjoy nature as a family? Yeah. When my kid, like I homeschooled my kids when mm-hmm. um, they were, they were little, I, when they were little, I, I loved, you know, doing the homeschooling experience and we would go out and we'd go outside and look at nature because that was basically where 
I could teach them. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't terribly good with um, maths and things like that, but I did like the biology and the sciencey side, particularly when they were little. When they got older, it started getting like, okay, this is getting a little, a little bit beyond me, <laughs> beyond me now. <laughs> but we'd take them out on. Um, they had a, a backpack um, each, so in the backpack there was um, a compass, binoculars, Aww. there was pad and pad and pencil. And um, my husband, he was like really involved in in taking them out um, as well. So he would down the bottom of of our um, road there was a, a wetland like a lake, and he would take them down there and they'd put their look through the binoculars and look at the the moorhens and the and the ducks and wow. there was some, like long necked turtles as well down there. So they would come home and be mum, this is what we found. <laughs> Um, Telling nature stories. Yeah. Um, But, yes, my eldest daughter, um, she's currently studying animal care um, in college and she she loves going out for walks with me. I'll say, like, do you want to come for a walk? Um, Oh, yes, please. And all my girls really, they love, you know, if they're – they have realised now the benefits of nature. So when – um, like college life, school life, just life in general is getting tough. They'll say, like, can we go? Can we go to, you know, for a walk, like in the woods or something, because they know that it's it's so beneficial and and they love it. And they'll um they'll be oh mum, like what's this? Like there's a flower here. What's this? And there's you know a tree here. Which trees? <laughs> trees for me at the moment here in um in Ireland, I'm terrible at tree identification. They mm-hmm. they all look the same. I don't. I just can't. I yeah. cannot identify trees at all. It's um. I I would like to. I mean, I know an oak tree, but I don't. I I just I cannot identify trees because sometimes there you see a beech tree and it looks completely different from another beech tree, and I'm thinking oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. helping. <laughs> it's not helping me. <laughs> my um my son he is a bit more reluctant I guess he he does like coming for walks with us but sometimes it's no I don't want to go for a walk (laughs) um yes I don't want to but he's respectful obviously he's respectful of the environment and um but he's sort of more like it doesn't you know he he'll take it or leave it he's not (laughs) yeah yeah that's fabulous that you have had those memories as a family those experiences out there with binoculars and it sounds like it definitely rubbed off on your oldest daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, as you fill pages through the months and the years, have you noticed any changes in the way that you journal or the things that you journal, your journaling process? I guess at the beginning of the year, you know, when you start something new, you want it to be lovely and you're like really trying hard. And then <laughs> as you move on, it sort of becomes a bit more, you know, quick so I've I guess I've become a bit more quicker and I've thought well yeah it's not it's not so much you know about trying to make an apple look as realistic as an apple can be it's the representation you know like um just you know that you draw and people will see it and they know it's an apple even though it doesn't look like a photo of an apple It, it, it it you know so and that's something I've learned from Alex as well he said he says you know like you don't have to be absolutely perfect with what you're, you know, you're drawing. It's a representation. So 
as long as that that blackbird that you're drawing, you know, has at least the colours of a blackbird, we'll know that it's a blackbird. And, you know, yes. if that leaf, you know, has like the the squiggliness of an oak leaf, then we will know that it's an oak leaf, if, even if it isn't, you know, like a, an exact replica of of an of the oak leaf you're looking at. You know, it's it's there. We know what it is. Um, so I've um, as I've been going along, I've been listening to those ideas and going, you know, like, yeah, I, um, my last page was beautiful. I loved it. And my next page I didn't really like as much, but I can make this one nice and how I, how, you know, that I would like it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be as beautiful as that original page that, mm-hmm. that I did. It mm-hmm. puts in like, I put in way too much time or something, time and energy in that page and it doesn't need to be doesn't need to be like that so I guess that's what I that's what I've learned like as I've evolved I've thought uh you know like I've got a couple of months there that I need to fill in so instead of spending hours and hours trying to make it look beautiful I can fill it in quicker because I know that as long as it's it's representing what you know what I've seen that's that's good enough yeah, absolutely. And what have you been noticing this month in your most recent outdoor adventures? Well, I have um, definitely the mushrooms. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about my, like, once you start seeing mushrooms, they become like <laughs> intoxicating <laughs> without yeah, actually yeah. eating them. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, not that kind of intoxicating, but, um, you know, like, <laughs> you suddenly you know I hadn't really seen mushrooms it's like where in Perth it's like very dry there's not really a um an environment really for mushrooms to grow yeah so coming yeah I I didn't know that there was such a wide variety of mushrooms that you could find and um I'm looking at you know uh, all these different mushrooms and my kids they will my kids spot them out for me. They'll be, I'm terrible. I'm terrible finding them. I'll be walking along and like almost stepping on a mushroom <laughs> that I did not even see. And they'll be, mum, look, there's mushrooms over there. And nice. there's, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, I don't know, like it, it will come, I will see them more, but I'm still, because I've never, re- I've never noticed mushrooms before. I'm still not, yeah. it's still not quite in my Your brain yet. Isn't quite yeah. In, yeah. 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 <laughs> So um, definitely been, and then um, obviously now at this time of the year, the um, the leaves, you know, are changing colour. We're going to we're in autumn. We're well into autumn mm. now. So, um, mm-hmm. The leaves change colours, and they're all falling. And we get like um, storms and heavy, very strong winds. And one day you'll be um, going past a tree full of leaves, and then there'll be a strong wind. And the next day, there's no leaves on the tree, and the, the oh, road wow. is covered. <laughs> and also there's I don't know I've noticed this year as well that I hadn't really I suppose not really paid attention to before but there's so much more wildlife that I'm seeing and obviously that's because mm. every you know they're all busy sort of gathering and making sure that they're they're ready to be sort of hibernating winter. during winter mm-hmm. so seeing quite a few foxes like when we go out you know driving across crossing the road you see like foxes jumping into the hedges um lots of like bird life activity at the moment there's birds flittering here there and everywhere 
Um, I've seen some squirrels, like more, a few more squirrels than I would normally see, and um, birds, like um, birds of prey. I can see buzzards and kestrels. Oh, wow. Um, and sparrowhawk. Uh, and in the evenings as well, and driving in the evenings now, just like lots and lots of bats, they come out, you know, I see them because it's getting darker earlier. You see them, you see them a lot earlier now. So lots of bats. Um, yeah. Wow. So beautiful. And do you get nostalgic for home? Do you, How do you stay connected with your Australian roots? I do, but I also, I, 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 I know, I think I love this environment so much. There's, um, there's so much, um, I don't know, there's more, I suppose, because I was living in the suburbs, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't living in Mm -hmm. the Australian country, where I probably would Mm -hmm. have felt a a lot more nostalgic if I had been living in the Australian country. But um, there's a, a monastery about, I know, 20 minute drive from our house, and they've got a gigantic gum tree. Um, like eucalyptus tree there (laughs) and my husband occasionally when we go there he'll collect the eucalyptus leaves and he'll bring them home (laughs) and he'll burn them and he'll say oh like I'm burning them so you can get like the smell of the smell of Australia Um, uh, and and then um, yeah there's so there is definitely like uh, the blue skies I, I miss the blue skies of Australia Mm-hmm. Um, that that really you know really bright blue sky. Um, I miss the coastline. I miss the the sunsets and the Australian coastline. Um, you know, obviously, I miss my family who are over there, and the smells like there's just yeah the, the smells of the Australian the Australian bush. You know, I don't it's it smells different here. Yeah, it's that's a big thing. I think the smell when when I first left home and spent a couple of years in the UK when I came back I cried at the airport because the smell was just so so much a part of me and it was amazingly overwhelming to come back just to the smell of Australia yeah yep um I had my um my brother and his girlfriend were over here in September at the beginning of September as the first time I'd seen any of my family in three years so that was it was lovely seeing them and uh, his girlfriend was outside and she said, it smells like farm, <laughs> like out here. And I was thinking, <laughs> I, I thought, that. oh, you know, <laughs> um, like me and my daughters were saying, oh, really? Like we're so used to it. Uh, I, can't, I, yeah. I can't smell. Like it doesn't smell. It just, mm-hmm. it smells like earth and, you know, the mm. outdoors. I couldn't really smell farm. Um, <laughs> I and... like that description. <laughs> And I know my um my auntie she um would spend a lot of time in Europe and then she'd go back home and she said every time I come back home you get the smell like the smell of Australia mm. and the, the eucalyptus yeah. and the smells and I'm I haven't been back yet but I'm kind of I have that in my mind I'm thinking I, I'd like yeah. you know I'm I'm really looking forward to to that to get to getting that smell the smell of Australia because obviously yeah. when you're when you live in it you don't realise until you leave and then come back and then it's like, oh, you know, like there is a, there is something different. Yeah, it's really unique. <laughs> That's beautiful. So you recently launched an online community yourself and you call it Spark of Nature. Tell me about 
your community and what you're hoping to grow and foster there? I started Spark of Nature. I I really wanted to connect with people who who loved nature and um, I found on Instagram, the Instagram platform, that's kind of difficult because when somebody posts a picture, you respond to that picture and then that's it really. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. um, responding to a community of people. It's just, mm. it's just that one person. And I thought I'd love to like connect, you know, have a group where we can all like um, post our photos and post our nature journal um, pages and, you know, just talk about nature and what we love. And Instagram isn't really, isn't going to work for that. Um Mm-hmm. So I knew like my son had a Discord account. Um, he was on Discord and everyone kept telling me that I was too old. <laughs> You're too old to be on Discord, <laughs> Mum. But, but anyway, I created this Discord account um, or this Discord, you know, group um, and it's called Spark of Nature and it's got um, in within the group there's like a gen, there's all sort of chat areas and so there's, um, you welcome so you come in and like um, people can welcome you and then there's a you can introduce yourself and say just say where you're from and um, you know a little bit a little bit about yourself um, we've got um, a nature journaling section where you can share your pages and share your art supplies and um, uh, share your nature art um, share your photos uh, and then I've got a book club. Um, so, you know, that's where people can talk about, like they can recommend books or we're all like at the moment where um, for this month of November, we're all going to be reading um, the Green Sketching Handbook um, by yes. Dr. together. Um, Amazing. And, and Bird Therapy um, by Joe Harkness. So I, I chose two books because it was um, – I wasn't 100% sure. This is our very first time we're doing like a book club read. And I thought um, the green sketchbook, it might not be easy for some people to get, um, especially in different oh, sure. in other countries. Um, so I thought, uh, and I don't necessarily want people to have to buy a book. It's, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's available at the library, that would be the best, you know, solution. Um, so I, I chose that. And bird therapy because I thought, you know, hopefully that's more of a um, a book that is, you know, just, you know, like the the um, green sketching handbook, that's a book as well, but it's full of pictures and things, whereas the other one is mm-hmm. like someone's biography, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Discord group then, everyone, like someone can post a photo and we can all say like, oh, that's lovely. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. I recently um, visited Greece or somewhere, like say I vi- visited Greece and I found this and then somebody else can comment on that and say, oh, you know, like, oh, you were in Greece. I was in like Greece last year. And, uh, you know, so everyone can chat together. So it's not sort of like, yes. oh, well, um, this person responded to that photo so I shouldn't really respond to their comment because uh, it doesn't feel, I don't know, on Instagram sometimes responding to someone else's comment, you feel like you're invading their sort of privacy. It's like their sure, comment yeah. and that's that's for mm-hmm. that person's photo, whereas here everyone can, you know, intermingle and, and, and talk together and interact. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so I, I started it because I wanted to interact with more people, you know, in the 
who are into nature journaling and into um, nature. And I wanted to, you know, have other people join and and sh- and talk about where they're from and everything. And this morning there was um, somebody who I sent some photos of a walk. They said, I, I just went on this um, walk in the forest this afternoon because so, I want to get fit before summer hits. And I was thinking, summer, like we're going to winter, so it's obviously summer in the southern <laughs> hemisphere. And then I looked at the photos and I was like, hang on, that's like the eucalyptus trees. So I said, are you from Australia? And she said, yeah, I'm from Perth. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I could not, <laughs> you know, so someone has joined the community who is amazing is in Perth. Um, she said she's from, like, originally from Yorkshire in England and she's moved, oh, she's wow. lived in Perth for a long time. But I was thinking that is such a small world that, you know, somebody has joined yes. Who is from Perth? Yeah. <laughs> How fabulous! I love that you're doing a book club. I think that's an inspirational thing. It sounds like books uh, for you are a big part of your life. Anyway, aside from the nature journaling community, I think that you're a passionate book reader. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, I I love reading. Um, I find, especially in the evenings, it really it, it relaxes my mind. So I can actually sleep a lot yeah. better if I have had read like a, a few pages before I go to bed. But um, mm-hmm. I I love you know reading lots of different um, genres. But I I do love reading the nature. I, I love reading nature books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's reading is like a hu- is a huge part of my life. Do you have favourite books on nature journaling and nature in general that you that are your 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 treasured ones? Yeah, um, I I listened to the audio book um, last year, um, or like sort of around the beginning of last year of um, the Living Mountain by Nan Shepherd. Oh yes, and that's yes. about um, uh, she lived in the Comora Mountains. I'm sorry, not the Comora Mountains. That's what nearer in um the mountains in Scotland she the lived Cairngorms. in the mountains in Scotland the Camgorns that's it yeah. yeah yeah um that's why I was getting mixed up um and she wrote about her you know the the seasonal changes that are that happen in the mountains and you know life in the mountains and people you know um, what it's like to be a tourist in the mountains and she has a huge like spiritual connection with those mountains and yeah. it comes through really deeply in the book and I find it it's just it's really poetical and it's absolutely beautiful and like someone who writes sort of very similar who has a very spiritual connection with their landscape is um Robert Wall Kimmerer who wrote um Braiding Sweetgrass and Gathering Moss yes and those books um they just, I don't know, when I, I listen to them on audio as well and, and she reads the books and I was, um, I could feel myself like just smiling the whole time. Yes. Your body, the, the, your whole heart and soul is just smiling because what she's saying. Uh, it, Not only her words but her the way she says it is so calming. Yeah, yeah. So um, and then I've got, you know, with, as far as nature journaling goes, um, I've got the secrets of the Devon Woods. She was an artist, also on Instagram. Um, she's uh, was doing this nature journaling book, um, and that she got published, and it's all with coloured pencil, and it, that's beautiful. 
It's very inspirational. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, um, uh, Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady. That's a very like inspiring, yes. inspiring book. And I've got uh, I've got a couple others. I've got um, a Nature Journal by Janet Marsh and The Undercliff by Elaine Franks. And The Undercliff, mm. um, Elaine Franks, her drawings are, uh, are absolutely beautiful. Like if I if 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 I grow up to paint like someone, <laughs> it would be like <laughs> Elaine Franks. <laughs> She's um, I, I yeah, her art is absolutely beautiful. Oh, Sarah, it's been so wonderful to get to know you and to hear your stories. I love the way you describe nature around you and just your nature experiences. It's been such a joy to chat to you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Bethan. It's, it was really lovely to chat to you too. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sarah. If you'd like to learn more about her online community, Spark of Nature, you can find a link in the show notes for this episode. There you'll also find a list of Sarah's favorite books about nature and nature journaling and her Instagram handle if you'd like to follow along. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Mm -hmm.